98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports listen app. Listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Home court advantage. It's a privilege granted to the number one seed in the NBA playoffs. The Phoenix Suns are that number one overall seed this season. CP3 departed with them as the best team in basketball record-wise, and he came back, and they still the best team in basketball. It's an extraordinarily impressive operation. Suns run to the playoffs. Presented by Canvas Annuity. Five o'clock hour, Burns and Gambo, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, live from the Auction Community Studios on this Friday afternoon. Suns basketball about to get underway, taking on the Memphis Grizzlies over on ESPN 620, but we've got the game on in here, and I promise you we will take a look, make sure we're letting you know what's going on in the game. Very, uh, lots of score updates over the course of the last hour of our show. Don't worry, you don't have to go anywhere. We'll make sure we keep you updated on what's going on with the Suns, who are... One win away from 63. 63 is the franchise record. If it doesn't come tonight, it's going to come sometime very, very soon. And it's we're, coming. Right, it's coming. It's They've got six games left. They just need to win one of the six, and they're going to get where they want to go. Um, how many they end up with? Don't know. It's going to be 66, 67. Is it going to be 68? Not sure. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Just get past today. You it get the, you get the You get that out of the way. And then we'll see what Monty's plan is, right? I've talked about art over science. Monty's talked about we have to have a plan. The players seem to want to play. They don't want to break the rhythm. But at some point, you'll get smart. But for like a guy like Cam Johnson is different than a guy like Devin Booker, right? Cam Johnson's like, I got to play. Like, I haven't played. I haven't played since the Knicks game. Yeah. When I went off and had my career high, like I haven't played since then. I need to get back into the rhythm. I got to play. And so you want to. So I think for sure that they'll play these next few games to win. There's a, a note on Twitter that Kellen Olson retweeted. Um, the last time the Suns had their full starting lineup, and this is what matters tonight more than the, well, as much as the 63 and the total win total. The last time the Suns had everybody available, the full starting lineup, both cams. Aaron Holiday, Tory Craig, everybody. January 8th. You have to go back nearly three months. Seriously? Seriously. January 8th. January 8th was the last time they had everybody. Tonight yeah. they've got every, And that includes the guys they acquired at the trade deadline. Yeah. Everybody. I think most teams have had to suffer with stuff like that. You're always missing a guy here or there. Look, one of the things people say about the Suns is they've had relatively good health. You know, you missed some guys here or there. You had Chris Paul out for a little bit. You had Book out for a But they've been relatively healthy. They haven't had any major injuries. They haven't had anybody that sidelined a guy for a year. I mean, okay, Frank Kaminsky hasn't come back to play. All right, like, all right, like, that's it. You know, that's that's the only one, but that's not a big factor for them. No, but you know what? They, they've got they've had a lot of guys who have missed a lot of little games here and there, right? This guy's out for a week. That guy's out for a couple. Chris Paul's out for a month. They, they've I think I saw the stat where they had lost, like, the sixth most man games in the NBA. This year, but none of them have been of the long, debilitating type, right? None of yeah. them have been the uh, of, of that variety. So Cam Johnson's back tonight. Javel McGee's back tonight, and it would appear the Phoenix Suns are whole. And that, to me, is the biggest thing to watch about tonight's game. In addition to sixty-three, is this whole team now has six games. Figure each other out, relearn each other, rediscover each other, and then hit the ground running when the playoffs begin. Now and lock up some awards, man. Let's lock up some and awards. You know here. what? Good transition, Let's my friend. Let's lock up some awards. Let's lock up some awards. You know, the Athletic and one of their main NBA writers, Zach Harper, today. Boy, does he love the Phoenix Suns. 
And, and I don't know if it's... Oh, he loves them. I don't know if it's a personal thing or what. I mean, this is... Yeah. He wrote a story today predicting the postseason awards. He's infatuated with the Suns. And it was Suns-centric like crazy. Let's talk about first-team All-NBA. We've spent a week talking about Devin Booker for MVP, and what we've ultimately decided is that the more realistic option is first-team All-NBA, right? So he goes through his All-NBA first, second, and third team, what he thinks it should be. One writer, one opinion. This is not like scripture or anything, okay? It's just one guy offering his opinion. All-NBA first team, guards, Devin Booker, John Morant, forwards, Giannis and Jason Tatum, center, Nikola Jokic. Of Devin Booker, he writes, guard selections here are going to be tough. Booker should be an easy selection for all NBA first team at this point. I'm not sure you can make a better case for a consistent first team performance all season. As for the other slot, it's either John Moran or Luka Doncic. So he's saying the debate on the first team isn't even Booker. No No debate. debate. It's yeah. him, and you can debate everybody else who should be the second guard, but not Booker. That blew my mind today when I read that. That it was said, it's just almost like a lock that he'll be all NBA first team, which puts him in line for the Supermax contract. How do you meet the criteria to be a Supermax player? You'd be named to an all NBA team in the most recent season, or both seasons before it, or be named NBA Defensive Player of the Year in the most recent or both seasons before it, or be named NBA MVP in any of the three previous seasons. Supermax contracts. I think there's, you know, a few, there's, there's like uh, eight or nine of them out there right now. And I think Dame Lillard and Giannis and John Wall and Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Steph Curry, you know, those are guys. And, and, and so, so Book is putting himself in line to get a Supermax contract. Okay. So that's one postseason award, but he's not nine, done. Nine guys. Nine guys. Nine guys. You said nine guys. I okay. said nine. All NBA third team Chris Paul, Trey Young. Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, Carl Anthony Towns. He writes, despite the missed games, Paul is an easy pick for all NBA third team. You can absolutely make the argument he should be above Steph Curry for the second team, Oof. but he's only on the third team because he missed a chunk of the season following the All-Star break and the Suns didn't Fair. miss a beat without him. Fair. But this is what happens, right? I mean, you would expect that when you have the best team in the league by a country mile, that, you know, there's a reason why they're that good. A lot of things are working well. You've got to reward those players with these type of accolades. Yep. He, in, in all, when it comes to the guards in the NBA, he says it basically whittles down to 14 options for six spots. Two on the first team, two on the second team, two on the third team. Six spots. The locks, he's got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, John Morant, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry. The final spot grouping, the so basically four guys for one spot come down to Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, DeJounte Murray, and Zach Levine. Because those are those four guys for one spot. Okay. So that I mean that's that that's great because it keeps I mean, the only thing you're worrying about is if your main guy is gonna get there and that's Book and then Paul and these guys fighting for those other spots. It's nice to have Book not in a position to where he's fighting for a spot. You know, like with the All Star games, you always look at the All Star games and you feel like, oh, you know, he's one of five guys fighting for a spot. But with this, based on what, what he's saying, there's, there's no fight at all. He's all NBA first team and the rest of these guys are now fighting for that spot. Again, just one guy, one man's opinion, yeah. not not the not scripture. Uh most valuable player. He chimed in on that. He's got Devin Booker fourth. Oof. Which you and, and listen, I think you, you've talked about this quite a bit. You and I think you feel strongly about this. I think, you know, we've changed our conversation all NBA first team. 
You would really like to see him finish in the top five. I would. Very much so. Because a lot of times, you know, when you look at a guy's resume, listen, listen, Booker is going to be a perennial all-star now, okay? He's going to be in the all-star game every year. Okay, this isn't, to me, it's not debatable. Go look at the all-star game from a few years ago. A lot of these guys are getting older. They're getting, you know, past their prime. and not, Booker's going to be a perennial all-star in the NBA. He's going to be there every year. Once he got that first one under the belt, it's like, okay, he's going to finish his career with seven or eight of these things. But the MVP voting, sometimes you look at that. How many times did a guy finish top five in the MVP voting? Even yeah. if you don't win one. Even if you don't win one. We thought we we think he will win one. But even if he doesn't win one, sometimes you look at that because that's something that, that helps your Hall of Fame case, too, right? No and he was four times he finished in the top five in the MVP voting. So that's going to be a good thing if he does finish top five. He gives it to Giannis, by the way. And I agree with everything you just said, by the way. And, and I, I think it is very important for Devin Booker to finish in the top five. He gives it to Giannis. And it's interesting from a gambling perspective. I've seen Giannis and Tentacupo's odds to win the MVP basically in the last two games. He went from a semi long shot to like the favorite or not the favorite but his odds have changed so dramatically because he's dropped 40 plus point games his last two times out and he's done it against Brooklyn and he's done it against Philly yeah good teams he put up huge crazy type numbers and everyone's like you know what maybe Giannis is the MVP forget Jokic and forget Embiid maybe it's Giannis who should get it again I, I just know he's getting a lot of love defensive player of the year here we go Number one, Mikel Bridges. Oh, I love hearing this. He writes, I haven't budged on Mikel Bridges. He makes life hell for the opposing team. And he's comfortable defending anybody one through four. Let me ask you this. Do you think there's anything that anybody that he, that he could do in these next six games to secure this? Or do you think everybody knows right now who they're going to vote for? I think everybody right now knows who they're going to vote six for. Six games left. Can you... Can you, well, you talked about how Giannis made this move I, with the MVP. I, I, but I think it's different for MVP because it's so, so offensive-based, so right? And it, and it was tight. Yeah, and it was tight. There were three guys that were in, that was pretty tight. You finish the last week of the season and you drop 45 points in every single game, you're going to change some minds. I don't know if a defensive player of the year can do that on that level. I mean, unless he, unless, unless like, Every single matchup Mikel Bridges has, and the game just tipped off, by the way, unless every single matchup he has from here on out, he holds the guy to like 25% shooting. Then maybe he, I just don't know if there's, I think by now, for DPOY, you've kind of got your mind made up. Uh, And his odds are third right now. Marcus Smart, I think, is one. Bam Adebayo, two. And then Mikel, three. I believe you are correct. Yes. Uh, Sixth man of the year. He's got Cam Johnson, number two. Right, Tyler Hero's going to win it running away, but Cam Johnson, too, is just fantastic. And for Cam, you know, he's a guy that the Suns are going to have to re-up. You're going to have to figure that out. I mean, he's going to be eligible for a contract extension. You're going to want to keep him around for a long time. He's such a good player. They've got two guys. You got to re-up Aiton, and you got to re-up Cam Johnson. And sorry. Cam seems like a no-brainer. The A, I, I still don't know about. I, I, I mean, I want them to sign him, but I just don't know. I just don't know what James' thinking is. Go into the tax, make it happen. Sign those checks. This is a special roster that needs to be protected for as long as possible. Special. Protect it. Sarver's in banking, right? <laughs> I rumor, mean, let's go. Rumor has it. Yes. Charge some interest, higher interest rates or something. Let's go. <laughs> rumor has it he is in banking. I'm raising everybody's interest rate. Why? Because i got to keep DeAndre Ayton. And last one. Oh, and I did read, by the way, not by a lot, but the cap is projected to go up a little bit next year. And the luxury tax threshold is expected to go up a little bit next year. Squeeze in Monty real quick. Monty Williams, coach of the year. Is Number one. Pick. Yeah, because yeah. he got screwed last year by Tom Thibodeau uh, and the Knicks. If you're heading to the Suns game next Tuesday, stop by, say hi. We're going to be broadcasting live. 
Live as the Suns take on the Lakers. Our road show is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook. Could a rankings list work in favor of the Arizona Cardinals in terms of the draft? In other words, maybe they don't have to trade up for a pass rusher or a guy they want. That's next. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. Suns down 11 to 1. Start the game. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> what I said. That'd be fine. That'd be fine, but not a good start for God's not play. Who's not playing for the Grizzlies? We got, we got a list. Uh, let's see. Let's look at who's the, not playing. Uh, Dylan Brooks is playing. DeAnthony Melton is playing. Uh, Desmond Bain is not playing. No Bain, no Ja. No, uh, no Tyus Jones. No He's Tyus. not playing. Oof. No Sharon Jackson oh, Jr. Sons walked into this thing thinking it's going to be a cakewalk. They probably did. They, they probably did. And as of Mine's right now, like, wake up. Yeah, they're 0 for 4 from the floor. Their only point has come from the free throw line where Mikel Bridges uh, has hit one of two. So slow start, uh, down 11 to 1, eight and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. A lot of time, and Monty called a timeout. And hopefully he's chewing some butt right now as we speak. Wow. Uh, drafts for the NFL is less than four weeks away. In fact, four weeks from right now, we will be immersed in the second round. And we'll be talking about probably what. What the Cardinals are going to do with what the fifty fifth pick, unless if they haven't traded it. I was going to say unless they don't have the fifty fifth pick, trade it to get an edge rusher. They traded it so that they could move Let's up and go. get that edge rusher. Let's go. We always love the draft. I'm looking forward to it. I, I am too. I am too. Um, just because uh, you you kind of talked about it yesterday that the Cardinals really haven't done anything very bold so far. This they really haven't done anything at all that's bold this offseason. And I wonder if bold is coming in the draft. I well, I mean, I asked you yesterday, I mean, would you if I told you that the Cardinals were going to move up to go get an edge rusher, would that be bold? You're like, that's bold. That's bold. That'd be bold. Yeah. And I do think they are going to explore the options to move up. There are five really good edge rushers in the draft. Uh, I don't think any of them will be there at 23 when they're picking. There's definitely going to be a run on these edge rushers. So to, to get one, I believe they're going to have to move up. Do I think they will? Yes. I think the Cardinals are going to explore the possibilities of moving up in this draft to get an edge rusher. Now, if they don't, they can sit with their at, with, stay where they're at and they'll probably get a really good wide receiver. But I think if they want to get the edge rusher, I think they're going to have to move up. But I do expect that they will look at those options. It's not a mock draft that I'm looking at right now. Instead, no, this is good. Instead, what it is, is it's a, it's a tier ranking for the process. And it comes from Todd McShay in Scouts, Inc. And he, he, he's he got his grades for all the players, and he puts them into tiers. All right, Tier 1 is like the elite top tier. He doesn't have anybody in a Tier 1 ranking this year. Last year, he only had one guy. It was Trevor Lawrence. year before, he only had one guy. It was Chase Young. He doesn't have any Tier 1 guys. Tier 2. Grades between 92 and 94, a notch below the elite class, but still considered a plug-and-play NFL starter with high-level potential, is what he writes. Worthy of a top 15 pick most years. He's got nine players in his Tier 2. Now, if you want to go up to get an elite edge rusher, one of the best of the best, Tier 2 is kind of your target if you're the Cardinals, potentially, right? 
He's tier two, although one of the guys that they really like is that I believe they really like is tier three. But he's at the very top of but tier the, three. I mean, he misses tier two by one. Yeah, <laughs> by one. He point. misses it by one point. By one point on the grading scale. Right. The guy who misses is Jermaine Johnson, the second defensive right. end out of Florida State. He comes in at the very first player listed at tier three with a grade of ninety-one. The other pass rushers who are in Tier 2. Of course, Aiden Hutchinson, number one player overall. We expect him to be the first pick. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, whose stock is falling a little bit. We'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, He is number seven in Tier 2. And Trayvon Walker, a guy you talked yesterday specifically about the Cardinals maybe moving up to get Eighth overall in Tier 2 with a 92 grade. Yeah, the guys I mentioned that they would move up to get, I believe, would be Trayvon Walker and Jermaine Johnson, those two. I did not have the Purdue pass rusher on my list as a guy that they would move up for. I don't believe that. but And, and he believe, he's a Tier 4 guy. Yes. So he's a Tier 4 guy. Jo- George Karlaftis from Purdue, he comes in at Tier 4. Look, here's how it works out for me. I think if they stay at 23, I think there's a chance they could get one of the two wide receivers, Chris Olave or Jamison Williams. If you ask me right now, who do I think they, they prefer more? I would go with the Alabama kid. He has the potential to be a number one wide receiver. I think Olave could be a good number two. So if they're both on the board, I would lean towards Jamison Williams over Chris Olave. Now, if they... If they want to get the edge rusher, I think they got to go up to get him. I don't think any of the main guys are going to be there at number five. Now, the one thing I don't know, if Karlaftis is there and the wide receivers are there, who would they like more? I'm not sure on that. If if one of the uh, Jermaine Johnson falls and you've got a choice of him or a wide receiver, you're going to take Jermaine Johnson. I would expect they go defense there to get the edge rusher. But to get one of these premier edge rushers, when you look at this tier system, and I like this, I think this is fantastic, it really shows you that you're probably going to have to move up pretty high and, and it might be and I was thinking 15 with Philly but uh, the more and more I see stuff like this I don't know that you can you're going to get one of these guys at 15. I, I guess it just depends on whether you count Karloftis in the group or not and if you don't then yeah you're probably talking about the top 10 is where you need to go to make sure you get one of the truly elite guys right because because and again I don't want to I want to look at this tier story and say okay this is it this is the only guide for the NFL no, no but that's not. good that's really good i mean that's who did this uh McShay. And Scout Sync from ESPN.com. I I like it. I mean, I really do like it because it kind of breaks it down by tier. He didn't have a tier one, but the tier two guys. uh, Now, there's only one wide receiver in tier two. You're not going to go get Garrett Wilson. He's not. Oh, it's two. two. Drake London. You're not going to get either one of those guys. So that's why I've been focusing so much on Chris Olave and Jamison Williams as guys the Cardinals could get at 23. And again, for the record, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, in the tier system, he's got Olave and Williams, the two you were talking about wide receivers in the third tier, tier three. Overall, he's got Chris Olave as the 17th highest graded player, and he's got Jamison Williams as the 19th highest graded player. I think because Williams tore his ACL, so there's probably those concerns he tore his ACL. I think he's got more upside to being a number one wide receiver, Jameson Williams, than Olave does. So you've got to look at it like that, too. Olave could be a really good number two wide receiver, I think. I think Williams has a chance to being a number one wide receiver, so that's why I would probably give a lean to Williams over Olave. And I'm 
just pointing that out because the Cardinals, of course, are sitting at number 23. Again, not that this is like a number-for-number number thing. Olave at 17, Jamison Williams at 19. I suppose there's a chance that neither one of those guys are available to the Cardinals at number 23. And his first quarterback, is it, is that, is it 34? No, no, it's picking no. at 22. Okay, 21. He's got Malik Willis at 21. Okay, he's got Will- Kenny Pickett okay. at 22. So he's got two quarterbacks, Tier 3. Yeah. Gotcha, okay. He's got two quarterbacks, Tier 3. He's got none in his Tier 2. None. Um, I mentioned um, Thibodeau, and I just want to pass this along real quick because I saw this and we were talking about edge rushers. Draft buzz story on ESPN.com. Big questions they ask. Uh, how far could Oregon defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau drop? One of their scouts writes that the Oregon pass rusher was in the mix to be the number one overall prospect. He's one of the most polarizing prospects in the draft. Now as scouts and GMs, they write, assemble their final rankings, Thibodeau is falling in the eyes of NFL teams as opposed to be as opposed to how high he could go. The reasons, number one, production. Didn't show the quickness and burst expected. His motor is being questioned. His lack of fire is being questioned. Wow. He has not impressed in interviews. Red flag, with red teams. flag, red flag, oh, red flag. Just keep throwing a red you flag. You get a red flag. You get a red flag. Wow. Everybody getting a red flag. I mean, go, go over these things again. Go over those. What? Consistently questioning his motor. Red flag. Lack of fire. Red flag. Didn't show the quickness and burst expected. Red flag. Didn't impress in interviews. Red flag. The word consistently used to describe his interviews is poor. Oh, my God. That's a red flag, especially for teams looking to use a premium pick. Damn. This is the kind of stuff the agent is like. Spin control, damage control, gets on the phone, right? You got you to gotta fix this because your dude's dropping. You do bad bad stuff's getting out there about your dude. You like, got to do some spin control. Like when you're that close to getting number one or number two type money, are you? Is your agent not spending a hundred grand to make sure that you ace all these interviews? Better, you better. My God, I, I've never had an energy drink in my life. Have an energy drink before the interviews. <laughs> Seriously, have a cup of coffee, man. Man, perk up. Apparently, he needs it when he plays too. According, <laughs> to, the scouting according report. to this, right? Yeah. No, but okay, but like at least ace the interviews. You control that. Like, okay, if you're lazy on the field, it's going to show. There's nothing you could do. But you've got an interview process, and it seems like you're you're, you're uninterested. Yeah. Man, wake up. You know, are you on under in it? Are you uninterested in owning a yacht? <laughs> Wake up! Have a good interview! Hey, do you want to own a yacht or not? The Suns are down 16 with two and a half to go in the first quarter. They're down so overrated. 27 to 11. Ugh. God. Talk about red flags. God, seriously, what a, just a yucky Friday night for the Suns. Goodness. Come on, boys, pick it up. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is available to you right now at 620-620 on the FanDuel text line. Man, how about this tease I get to read? I think we all can agree the Suns are the absolute favorite to win the NBA championship this season. Yeah, not tonight. They're losing by 14 of the Grizzlies. I should have edited it. You should have. What happens if they don't win the title this year? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The home of the Suns, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Burns and Gambo. The Suns run to the playoffs, presented by Canvas Annuity. Back here with you on Burns and Gambo. It's not much better in Memphis right now. 32-19 to 19 with about a minute and a half 
to go in this game. Devin Booker has come around, though. He has uh, 10 points so far to lead the Suns. There's not much else going on offensively right now for the Phoenix Suns. And defensively, they are a train wreck as Memphis shooting Man. 54%. How many does Ja have? In the first quarter. Ja's not playing How about tonight, Jackson? Uh, he's not playing tonight. How's Bain? How many does Bain have? Uh, Bain's not playing. He's not playing either. Yeah, uh, How many does Zach Randolph have? Zach Randolph, <laughs> Steven Adams, he doesn't have any. What's Bibby have? Uh, Zach Randolph, Mike Bibby, they're they're not in the game right now. Okay. Uh, the Grizzlies are shooting fifty percent from three, fifty two percent from the floor. Defense has been a little sketch so far for the Suns. Thirty four twenty one right now, about forty five seconds to and go. Yet in the first quarter. they'll win this game. And yet they'll they'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> like they're gonna win, right? They'll, they'll win. probably win this game. Right. It's all the Suns getting done. smoked, but they're probably gonna win. <laughs> um, the a, a story and look the close. So we get to the playoffs, the more we're going to talk about this. Uh, a tip of the cap to Dan Bickley, who I'm sure was either listening to the Burns and Gambo He's show. inspired by our, our conversation the other day. was listening to the promo that Mitch made from the Burns and Gambo Let's show. Let's hear that promo, Mitch. That's a good promo. It was a good promo. I thought it was. I, yeah, I, 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 I sent Mitch a text and said, that's a that's a really you got it for me. Play Birds and Gambo. There's no question in my mind that the biggest disappointment in the history of Arizona sports would be if this Suns team doesn't win a championship. There was no team that was destined to win a championship more than this team is in any sport. Not the Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, not nobody. Not Lute Olsen's team that won it. I mean, no team that has come out of this state has ever been more destined to win a championship than this team. They don't need to win it. They have to win the championship. I was Gambo on Tuesday, I think you said that. Yeah. I believe that was Tuesday. Um, and yeah, good promo, by the way, Mitch. Good job. And it inspired Bix. Pretty good at this talk show host thing. Yeah, that sounded yeah, pretty good. Maybe yeah. keep working at it. Professional talker, John yeah. Gambadoro. Right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe you go back I to school get and get this. a degree. Yeah. You might really be able to hone. Oh, that skills. would really help me, wouldn't it? If I had a degree. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, well, you guys. Uh, um, it inspired Bick to write a column today on ArizonaSports.com in which he basically makes the same argument. Gotta I mean, win it. It's kind of non negotiable. You have to win it. Have year. to win it this year. You really do. It's just it'll be the biggest disappointment that we've ever suffered in Phoenix sports. If we're sitting here like, oh my God, they lost. How did they lose? It's theirs to lose. People are writing that now. It's the Suns to lose. The metrics all bear it out. Like they're so much be- better with where they are. Like you, you look at all the metrics. Like how many games they are uh, above the next best team and things like that. I've got the story right here, which yeah. I'll get to in a second because I think it's important to mention that because I saw a story today. Fact or fiction, the championship is the Phoenix Suns to lose. And here's what they said. Since the NBA-ABA merger in 76, only seven teams have finished with records seven or more games ahead of the field. They mentioned all the teams, the 83 Sixers, the 84 and 2008 Celtics, the 92 and 96 Bulls, 2000 Lakers, 2015 Warriors. They all won the championship. Mm -hmm. They all won the championship. By every metric, the Phoenix Suns should win the championship. Any team that's done what the Phoenix Suns have done have won the championship. They would like break the mold if they didn't win the championship. Like, oh my God, how did they not win? They were so that the metrics all are pointing out that they should they should roll with this thing and win it. So that's why, man. I mean, anything outs anything outside of winning this thing is going to be completely devastating. Just you, completely devastating. It will, and it'll. I mean, like I, I've you know anybody who's listening to the show for even a little bit of time knows that you know the Suns are my first love. I was born and raised here. Man, they ninety three. Broke my heart, you know. Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw. That broke my heart. This team, it will break my heart. It will break my heart if they don't win a championship. And it will be, it will be the words you use, devastating. Devastating if they don't. 
Yeah, we're going to have a, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in this town. The, 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 if they don't the, win, if they the get eliminated. Sorrow, the oh. mor- we're going to have to have a, a morning time. We're going to have to have a period of mourning if they don't win this Calling thing. in sick, I'm telling you right now. Are you going to call in oh, sick? I'm, I'm, calling, <laughs> I'm calling in sick. You know those mental health days I'm famous for taking off? Oh, there's going to be a mental health day after the season ends if it doesn't result in like a championship. If they, the, day, if they, the day they would get eliminated, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think they're going to win. But the day they get eliminated, the next day? That's going to be the, one of the hardest, one of the most difficult shows to do. Oh, my God. They didn't win. Yeah. And then what do you talk about? Like, okay, next year's they going to be their year. Yeah, as a player, right? As a player, like Tom Brady always says this, right? I mean, the ones that you, the ones you don't win kind of, you know, you think about those more than even the ones you win. Last year's championship, I don't think that that haunts the Phoenix Suns. They weren't expected to do anything. We we were hoping going into the year. We were hoping that they would be, you know, that they that they'd be a five or a six seed the first year. Yeah. I don't think you're haunted by losing. You'd be haunted by this one. You would. I, I, Jay, You'd be haunted. Jay will. Jay Williams was on with Wolf and Luke a few days ago, and I was in the car listening to them talk. And Jay will said, "Look, man, it, every." Everything is lined up for the Phoenix Suns. The basketball gods are are willing this to happen. They're making this happen. And if you don't win it now, if you can't win it in a year where everything is lined up for you to do it, you're right to a certain extent about last year. I mean, I, I will tell you, sitting there in that building at the end of the first quarter of Game 5 of the NBA Finals, when the Suns got off to that huge lead over Milwaukee in a series that was still tied at the time 2-2, Snapshot moment in my mind right there. I'm telling you, if you were sitting next to me, I would have turned to you and said, the Suns are going to be the NBA champions. Right? Like, I, I thought for sure it was going to happen. I thought, okay, Milwaukee even the series. It's 2-2. It came back to Phoenix. Suns still have home court advantage. And you watch. You watch. They're, 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 they're going to blow them out in Game 5 and reestablish order in the series. And after the first quarter of that game, I would have I would have bet a car payment, maybe even a mortgage payment. The Suns were going to win the finals, but you're right. the 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 hangover of that, the depression of that, didn't last very long. No, the day you appreciated maybe the journey, the ride. Wow, how great was it that they got there? Yeah. Next year, that's going to be their year. They're going to win one in these next couple of years. But when it was done, there was a man. It sucks, but man, how what a great ride! Okay. Man, how fun was that? That that this year will not be like that. I'm glad you used that phrase. There's this saying: "It's the journey, not the destination." Yeah. Right. Last year, okay, the journey was great. This year, destination. This year, I don't give a rip about the journey. I mean, the journey's been fun. Don't get me wrong. The journey has been fun. The journey's been a lot of fun. But when it comes to the end, I'm not going to look back and go, oh, it was the journey, not the destination. Baloney. No, this one will, like I said, they'll have nightmares for a little. There will be a period of mourning in this town. I gotta find a fill-in host for the day. You're not gonna be here. Just, 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 just get on that. Just it right now. Um, Burnsy's calling in I, sick. I, that I ain't day. here. I ain't here. 2022, 2021 might have been the journey. 2022 is the destination, and anything less. Eh-eh. It is. You're you're 100 right, and that's why that promo says it all, and that's why Bickley's column says it all. It's just not gonna. No one's gonna. Look at that and no. say it's positive. No, Nobody I mean, at all. Listen, I've been here since 97, but you, the Suns have been around since 60. Cardinals have been around, what, since the 80s? Mm-hmm. I mean, the closest you came with that Carson Palmer team that lost to Carolina, right? But I don't even know that that team, what they go, 13 and 3? 13 and 3. This team, the, but that team, like, you, you know, if I would have told you when the playoffs started, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, you'd be like, okay. 
They weren't a lock to win it. They weren't like, they, oh my God, they have to win the Super Bowl. They weren't a lock. You know, I, I, I only relate, I only use them as an example when what we talked about that? this a few days ago. That was 2015. 15 Cardinals? Okay. okay. 2015 Cardinals. I only brought them up because the day after they beat Golden State, second to the last game of the season, I'm like, that's it. That's Super Bowl champ. That's the best team in the NFL. Then no one's beaten that team. But then Honey Badger got hurt and Carson Palmer jacked up his finger and that was it. Right, yeah. and, and yeah. all of those things happened from that moment on, and it, it just derailed. Now, I don't if if Honey Badger doesn't blow out his knee and Carson Palmer doesn't jack up his finger, do the Cardinals have a Super Bowl title? I don't know. I just know how I felt in that moment after they beat Green Bay, the second to the last game of the season. Right. I felt like that team is going to win the Super Bowl, and I feel the same way about the Suns this year. This team is going to win the NBA championship this year, and this story that you sent me. The championship is the Suns to lose. Man, they paint a statistical picture that makes it sound like teams that are doing what they're doing with the wins. They always win. And, and, the, and the net differential. and all, they, they always, they always win. win. They always win the title. They always win. I and that's why right. it's like the Suns to lose and they're the team to beat. And uh, Golden State could be a threat based on what you know what they did to the Suns the other day. That looked like a team that's that's going to be able to you know turn it on in the playoffs. We'll see. I mean, Memphis is extremely talented and young and athletic, and uh, you know maybe too young to know what they're doing, but they're good. And then you look at the East, and the East has a lot of teams that are capable of it. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that you know that there's not going to be some roadblocks in a way. I think the Suns are going to win this thing, right? Now, I'm not saying they're going to go 16 and 0. They're going to lose some games here. But man, the way they've played all year long, it is hard for me to even find a team that I think is going to give them is going to take them 7 games. ASU baseball is in full swing. You can head to the contest page at arizonasports.com for your chance to win tickets to see the Sun Devils take on Cal this weekend. 4 years ago, he said he was done not making the playoffs. Fast forward. And he's ready for his second straight postseason. That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. What's on tonight? A lot on tonight, actually. Uh, eight minutes to go in the second quarter. Look at that. The Suns are down four. <laughs> oh, hum. Just Here like that. <laughs> just like that. 16 a couple of minutes ago. It felt like it. It was. It was 16 just a couple of minutes ago. And just like that, the Suns are down 38-34, 38-36 after that JaVale McGee dunk. So the Suns are right back in it in their game against Memphis. And again, what's on the line for them in this game? A win. And they set the all-time franchise record for wins in a season with 63. One way or another, they're going to get it. There's six games left in the season. That's on tonight. That's on right now. It's actually you can hear it on ESPN 620. Uh, 7.30 tonight the Ducks are taking on the Coyotes. You'll hear that game here. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Uh, Also on tonight the women's Final Four and South Carolina right now. It's a a battle of number one seeds. The Gamecocks are taking on Louisville. I I love their little point guard, South Carolina. Yeah. Destani Henderson. Oh, my God. She's so good. It's like 5'7", and she just she's so good. South Carolina's like beating Louisville. I like watching her play. South Carolina's beating Louisville 63-54. And then later tonight, one of those all-time historical great matchups. Top seed Stanford versus second seed UConn. That game tips off at about 6.30 or so. Yeah. And then tomorrow, man, you just I mentioned it to me now. I mean, what North Carolina, Duke. Just, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, you know, it could be Shashevsky's last game, but imagine you go out against, imagine going out against, what a terrible way to go out. If you, if you lose to North Carolina in your final home game, mm-hmm. and then they beat you in the final four, oh, that's be, that's going to be tough. It'd be a brutal way for Coach K's career to end. Now, I, I, ha- I happen to think Coach K's going to cut down the nets. And, and it's like predestined for him to win a national championship on his way out the door, but we'll see. Stranger things have happened. I just think that, and we, and we were having a very honest conversation during the break about college basketball and how it's lost a little luster for the both of, both of us over the last couple of years. This Final Four to me tomorrow is the kind that even if you have lost a little luster from college basketball, it's Villanova, it's yeah. Kansas, yeah. it's North Carolina, and it's Duke. I, I like I I'm not ashamed to admit it. I canceled plans to stay at home and watch. Oh yeah, like really? I was I was supposed to go do a couple things tomorrow. I'm like I really kind of want to watch the Final Four tomorrow. Home Depot and Bed Bath and Beyond can wait till Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I, and she's still gonna go. We were supposed to go to a, a musical. Wait, it's the twenty seventh. It's the twenty seventh wedding anniversary today. Yeah, but that's not. We're not celebrating that tomorrow. Today. We we got a little celebration plan tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little dinner. We're we're, we're right. good. Yeah. That tomorrow wasn't the. Oh, make sure you take it around at least on uh, anniversary. Don't worry. Just to, you know. Hey, we're, we're fine. I don't just, just pick it up. Pick it up. Sushi doesn't work today. <laughs> hey, honey, what do you want? You want? What do you want? You want how many rolls? <laughs> seaweed or no seaweed? You want a rainbow roll? Do you want the spicy garlic sauce on the edamame or not? Yeah. What do you want? You know, it's our anniversary. It's our honey. It's our anniversary. I'm gonna go. Uh, you want some tempura? <laughs> Tell you all out. This is how, okay. I'm going to stop and get you some cheesecake. This is how long my wife and I have been married. All right, 27 years. Today is our 27th anniversary. Okay, okay since we're going down this road, I'm going to go all the way down. We got married on Final Four Saturday of 1995. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is how long we've been married. While at the wedding, or before the wedding started, I set up one VCR in one room and one VCR in another, and I recorded one Final Four game in one room and one Final Four game in the other, and I went the entire wedding without anybody telling me who got into the championship game. And the next day after the wedding, (laughs) we came home, and one of the first things I did was watch both games on tape. Wow. Now back then, wow! I was a college basketball junkie, nut, and she didn't care. She'd find she was fine with it. Actually, that's okay. So we had like you know, like you open the gifts, yeah. right? So the next day after the wedding, we went over to her parents' house. We opened the gifts, and then we went home, and then I watched the two final four games. And she didn't care. She was fine with it. She knew how much it meant to me. So my first go around, I had um, I wait. Gonna... Is that code for your first wedding? Just first go around. Mm-hmm. So the first go around, <laughs> the second one has been. <laughs> Much better. Fan, Much better. Yeah. Much better. But the the, the first go round for me, mm-hmm. um, we had to take these classes at the church in order to get married. Ah, yes, you had to take like three classes. We did that too. Yeah. So we didn't. You know. So one of the classes, it was like the World Series was on. I think it was. It was Game <laughs> Seven between the Braves and the Twins. I'm like, I'm not going. 
when you can't get married. I'm like, I'm not going. Like, Game 7 of the Twins and the Braves. It, it was the 91 World Series. I'm like, I'm definitely not going. Like, I'm not going to go. Like, if you don't go, like you, you, like, you can't get married. Like, you have to complete this course, and that's it. Like, so I had to go. So I go, and I've got this, like, Sony Walkman with me, and I get headphones in. <laughs> and so I'm just pretending, and I'm listening to the World Series the whole time, just listening to the World Series. Priest comes over to me, taps me on the shoulder. Because don't you think what I have to say is more important than what you're listening to? I go, Father, excuse me, it's Game 7 of the World Series. It's the Braves and the Twins. I mean, it's Game 7. <laughs> Looks at me, goes, okay, that's a good excuse. Goes back up and starts, figure, starts teaching. Right I forgive up. you, son. You've been forgiven. <laughs> no, it comes right. And I was trying to get away with it, you know, like, but, you know, like, I didn't have big headphones on. I had these things in my ear, and he just, Father comes up, taps around his shoulder. Don't you think what I have to what I have to say is a little bit more important than what you're listening to? Go, excuse me, Father. No. It, it, not really. It's Game Seven of the World Series. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's funny. And he was like, "You know what? Okay, that's funny." Yeah, and because I wasn't going to go, and but then I that's what you I kinda, did. You kind of had to. Yeah, I didn't hear we, one word he said. I listened to the game. <laughs> you know, if only you had listened to what he said, maybe your whole life. Would, <laughs> oh, maybe your whole life would be different. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the final four the day I got married was um, the UCLA Bruins, Big Country Bryant Reeves, and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oh, Big Country. Corliss Williamson and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh, Cor- never nervous Corliss. And, no, that was and Rasheed Wallace and the North Carolina Tar Heels. That, that was the, oh, man. That was the Tyus Edney, Ed O'Bannon championship team for UCLA. They won the championship that year in 1999. Ed O'Bannon's UCLA team won it all. Yeah, that was, that was the final four the day I got married. UCLA, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, North Carolina. Yeah, in the in the kingdom in Seattle. Oh, That's man. how old I am. <laughs> That's how long I've been married. The final four Saturday was played in a building that no longer exists. It's been wow. for years in Seattle. And I remember th- I remember this too because I I just looked up to make sure it was the same date. The Giants were playing the Redskins that same. Sunday. Oh wow! Oh man! You had, so I had the you Twins had a whole... and the break game seven of the World Series okay. and the Giants and the Redskins see, on a on a, I, at I, the same time. I think what what's going on here, and Mitchell probably vouched for me on this one. You ignored God's calling not to marry this person. I, I mean, God is giving you every sign in the world. Hey, don't do this, man. Giants, Redskins. I had some good kids. I know. I'm just teasing. I know, but I was. I was like, the Giants were playing the Redskins. Giants, Redskins, and Game Seven of the and World Game Series. Seven of the World Series. And I was like, yeah. I, I gotta go to this. Class? I know. I was kidding. Your kids Come on, man. Your, your, your kids are wonderful. I'm just teasing. It's yes. fun. We're just having fun. We're just having fun. No, no, I know. I know. I, I brought it up that I totally ignored the priest to listen to the games on the radio. Because I remember I was I kept going back and forth to listen to what was going on between the uh, the Giants and the Redskins. I would imagine that the technology these days, it's a lot easier to, to ignore To get away priest. with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the little, the little Apple. Just do one AirPod instead of both. Absolutely. You can hide that stuff. No one's ever going to know. We right? used to go to Midnight Mass every year, me and my friends. Every year, Midnight Mass. That was our thing. Like, And then we'd like have these big celebrations at a friend's house for Christmas Eve and everything like that. I'll never forget my friend Rocco. You know, rest in peace, Rocco. Um, always go, Psst, hey, the priest is looking at you. Because you're doing something else. And, priest is looking at you. You look up and you don't want to get caught with the priest looking at you. Of course not, yeah. But that was Rocco's thing. He always used to get us on the priest is looking at you. I imagine back then the headphones must have been, I mean, it could have been. It was been. a Walkman. It was like a Sony Walkman type Yeah, that could have been that thing. discreet, right? Like, you, no, you, you're probably no. not. I mean, this is. I tried to sit in the back of the class. What was talking, 1993? 91. 91. Okay, 91. You've got like those big foam 
headphones, you know, or, or there's no earbuds. There's nothing going in I your ear. I think there were earbuds. Really? I don't, know. I don't think they had them in 91. There was no uh, way think, you were going to get away with that ever. I think there was. Let me just look. Or at like they looped around your ears but still went in. I don't know if over the ear. No, it, I, th- it was, I think it was, the, it was the little one. It was the it was this it was this one. There it is, the ninety one Sony Walkman. It was like this little this little yeah, I guess it was a headphone. It was it was like an over the ear over phone the ear, headphone. But it wasn't like the big ones that it we was not use the now. big ones, but still not very discreet. Now man, the technology exists, you could put something in your ear and nobody would know it. I remember I tried to put this in the back of my head so that the priest wouldn't <laughs> see me. That's and it. He still caught me. We're out of here. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday, straight up two o'clock on the Burns and Gambo Have show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.